So welcome to the Genius Lab, where we help you realize your greatness. Today, we are blessed to have the great and amazing, wonderful Dr. Janelle Royster, who is responsible for saving, no exaggeration, thousands of lives from people who have post-traumatic stress, who have had uh, horrific, catastrophic uh, trauma in their lives. And many who call her and and I've I, I went to a conference with her a, a few weeks ago and I was down at her house and like three o'clock in the morning, she's talking on the phone and I'm like, what the hell were you doing talking on the phone at three in the morning? And she said, uh, talking to a guy off off a ledge, you know, someone calls her up with a gun to their head and and she does her best to make sure that doesn't happen. And uh we uh, appreciate very much the work that you do. I have personally benefited from it, uh, working through some trauma from my past. And uh, here at the Genius Lab, our theme is help you realize your greatness. And and what is realize your helping people realize their greatness? You do it all the time, because if a person doesn't come into their really understanding their greatness, they don't have a will to live. And uh, a lot of people that you deal with have lost that. So what is it for you? And, and tell us about what you do. Well, thank you for allowing me to be here today. And you've done a lot for me too. <laughs> so I, I like how you word things. And I've, I've had many Calvary show readings, probably more than most. <laughs> but I think it's exciting, you know, what, what those say to you and, and how you can, you know, put those in your own life. But you know, helping about, I, I think I'm almost to 4,000 now in the past couple wow. of years. And pretty, I'm pretty honored to be part of that and having all these lovely resources that reach out and say, hey, you know, my my boyfriend, my brother, my sister, my mother, my uncle, whoever needs help. And uh, it's pretty humbling to have all this training and realize that you can create and develop some modalities to really get them to where they need to be. You know, I, uh, I got a feedback. I got a testimonial the other day and it just said, uh, Dr. Royster is legit because he was, a uh, army air force. Um, he served in the military. He served in the air force like I did. So we established that rapport then. And then for him to talk about, you know, not having dreams, not waking up with night sweats, not having all these debilitating post-traumatic symptoms. It's just, it's an honor to be a part of that journey and get them where they want to go. You know, he's also a retired LEO. So he's like been not only serving his country, but serving his community. And I just, I love the opportunity to help somebody else. And just, you know, for us non-military people, what's an LEO? Oh, law enforcement officer. <laughs> she always has these uh, acronyms, you know? Yeah, we got the CBD and the HRQ. And then, yeah, then we went down to that. And it's like listening to Chinese. I have no yeah, idea. QRF. <laughs> when I'm with her and her, her military buddies, it's like I'm not even in the conversation. I feel like I'm back in Burkina Faso. So, um, you know, success often follows, you know, uh, adversity and, and hard work, right? And... Um, what are the things that you've gone through to get you where you where you are? Well, in 2012, I was diagnosed with complex post-traumatic stress disorder, and I didn't really understand what that was or what that meant. And breaking it down, essentially, you know, some professor at Harvard decided to coin it because it is more complicated than post-traumatic stress. So post-traumatic stress could be one event or several events, but 
complex means that it happened over a long period of time. We're talking 10 years. We're talking mm -hmm. child abuse, domestic violence, and you know all of those things that I've suffered with. Mm -hmm. So finding a solution, I didn't anticipate becoming a therapist to focus on trauma. You know, I was always a little um, avoidant of it at first, uh -huh. but when uh -huh. I started my journey as a counselor, I started working with human traffic survivors and I'm like, well, you just threw me in the pit, didn't you? Oh, wow. <laughs> no kidding. Not Talk about starting with a high bar. Right. And then uh, I worked in a acute care psychiatric facility, and that's basically a revolving door. So the patients, um, they can't get their meds for whatever reason, and they have to come back to the hospital to kind of get things right in their mind. Because the challenge is, is with some of the personality disorders and schizophrenia and some of these more severe uh, events, they need medication to regulate those neural pathways in the brain. And we can talk about that a little later when I talk about the brain stuff where I'm going now. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you've really, you know, you've overcome a lot of adversity in your own life that has yeah. kind of been the impetus for you to create this, this protocol that that's so critical and, and so wonderful. Um, can you tell us a little bit about it and how it differs from traditional, um, therapy modalities because I've heard yeah I've worked with veterans along the way with my sound healing and you know a lot of them have talked about EMDR and and uh, a thing where they make you relive the thing over and over again uh, exposure therapy and right what can you give us a little bit of background about how yours is different and and what are the success rates of what we would call traditionally traditionally accepted things by the by the VA uh, or by the psychiatric community in, in general, right. um, and then how does how does it differ from what you do, and and how do the results differ? So when I first started on my counseling journey, I realized that all these I'm now trained in thirty different therapeutic modalities. I've Holy smokes. kind of found things along the way, and uh, I want to get trained in everything because there's seven billion people on the planet. And they all need something different. You know, everybody beats to their own drum. So I really want to focus on the events that occur, but not necessarily sitting in those feelings. Because for me, it was very traumatic to see a therapist who wanted me to sit in my feelings of hurt and pain and uh, guilt and shame and all of those, you know, emotions that I reacted negatively to. So for me, it was, I wanted to find and create a way that an individual could overcome some of those post-traumatic stress symptoms, like flashbacks, nightmares, intrusive thoughts, you know, and those things that they're suffering with every day that they can't seem to get out of their mind without them having to relive or share that experience because every time you share it verbally you're reliving it okay and that just brings up all those feelings again which is very challenging to get out of and as i learned the clinical path that i was taking everybody wanted you to kind of invest in that experience and take you back to that memory mm -hmm. with the feelings thoughts and emotions attached to it then you have the behaviors and i just mm -hmm. It was excruciating for me. And because I went through Gestalt, which is where you sit in your feelings and you kind of move forward and it's a longer, slower process for me, it wasn't working. Okay. So I found um, 
a couple of trainings. I'm trained in the MDR, ART, and RTM, which are all neuro linguistic programming protocols. Okay. And they do use a lot of abbreviations, and I'm sorry, but <laughs> the VA, what happens is they need it to be evidence based. Well, evidence based came out in 1992. So it's recently new in and of itself anyway. Okay. Well, that's probably what, 30 years ago now? <laughs> 1992 doesn't sound that far away. I, I know, know, you're right. You're right. It's like, <laughs> oh, that was just like no big deal. And then I'm like, wow, wait a so minute. So when I was working with a Marine who was um, on a post in Fallujah, he was, he, what happened to him was pretty traumatic. And I don't want to share because I don't want to affect your listeners, but he really struggled with having to tell me his story. And he had been through the VA. He had done what's called prolonged exposure, which is you're exposed to the same event over and over and over again for about 12 weeks. And you become desensitized to that event. Well, the that kind of sounds like that kind of sounds like hitting your hand with a hammer enough times to where you don't feel it anymore. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. So, with him, he went through prolonged exposure, but of course he quit. He couldn't function, didn't have a job. You know, his uncle called me, begging me to work with him because uh, he was just struggling. He couldn't like see the light of day. And uh, when he first started to tell me his story, I'm like, stop. I couldn't. It was traumatizing to me. Oh, wow. You know, it was pretty horrific story. Probably one of the worst I heard. And I work with human traffic survivors. So oh, like hearing that it, it was just overwhelming. So I stopped him and then I kind of regrouped and he was really the catalyst that brought in the no content. So it's just been evolving and every person. Now, now no content. In, Can you, what, what is, what do you mean? No content. It means they don't have to share the details of the story. So you can work on someone and, and make a, tr a dramatic difference in their condition without even knowing anything about what happened. Correct. Wow. You can alleviate the symptoms because the brain knows what happened. It doesn't have to be my business. And that's what I think yeah. clinicians need to understand is you don't necessarily have to be invested in the person you're working with. You don't have to invest in their story. You have to invest in them, but not their story. Well, that's what's so cool. That, that probably is a, a really positive thing for the for the therapist as well, who doesn't have to, I mean, you hear all this horrific stuff over and over and over again. That's got to mess with the therapist as well, huh? Well, we need therapists too. Yeah. You know, when we're working with people and in the struggle with trauma that I've dealt with and the, and the therapists that come to see me for therapy, I've realized that they're coming with me, coming to me to kind of unload some of those stories and the way that they bother them. I had a therapist the other day, I'm not going to mention any names because they're clients, but they had a client who uh, had an abortion at 24 weeks and it was really traumatizing to her, the clinician. Yes. Okay. She had her own beliefs and she felt her own way about things and we're really trained to not take on their stories, but sometimes they seep in. Yes, yes. So this is another way of alleviating maybe the clinician's way of having to deal with some of the feelings that they feel because that's a moral injury. Wow. Because it's specifically not only against the client's beliefs, but in the situation the client was in, there was nothing she could do. Uh -huh. And according to the, the therapist, there was uh, 
the challenge was, is there weren't any symptoms. And by the time she found out, it was really late. Yeah. So she, the client's struggling. Now the therapist is struggling because of their ideals yes. and their beliefs. Oh, man. So it's hard. Yeah. So you just bypass that whole thing. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, awesome. There's no details. It's just how you feel about those events. Because the way the brain is set up, the neural pathways, the highways of the brain, when we take the information, when we receive it, and it goes all the way back to where it's stored, it picks up things along the way. And that's what causes them to feel, you know, I, I relate it to, you know, the man who comes home after a hard day at work, he doesn't flip the table because the meatloaf's cold. He flips it because he's angry. Got it. Wow. So that's, that's pretty exciting. So when someone deals with this particular protocol, which seems like it would be like super popular because like who wants to relive their shit, right? Right. You know, I, well, the VAs, unfortunately, you know, with research, research kind of muddles and waters things down a lot. I'm doing three studies right now. Uh, just to prove the efficacy of the trauma recovery intervention protocol, which I call TRIP. And I'm doing it with um, 30 veterans, 30 police, 30 firefighters right now. Wow. So I have, it's a double blind study, which basically means that the individual will go see the clinical psychologist. They get the assessment. I do two sessions of TRIP and then they go back to the psychologist uh, <clears throat> after the two sessions are completed. And then that's it. And then we move on to the next veteran or the next police officer, or the next fireman. Wow. Two sessions. Yeah. Good stuff. Wow. I know people that are like, I've been doing, you know, EMDR is one that I've, that it seems to pop up a lot. It seems to be a popular thing. I've been doing it for nine months, twice a week. And it's really, it's, it's helping me, but I got, you know, they keep doing it. I had another vet who was a Gulf war vet. And he, the problem there was his, his therapist worked on a 50 minute hour. And when he started getting him riled up, if you're all of a sudden hit your 50 minutes, well, time's up, but mm -hmm. they haven't had a time to, to decompress. Right. He would come into a session. You know, he'd call me like on the rails because I use sound. So it's completely nonverbal. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, but if, if somebody could come to you, and, and I mean, this guy had been doing it for years right. and was not getting, a, a, I mean, some, some sessions were better than others, but you know, wow, two sessions. That's really amazing. Yeah. That's exciting. I love that. I love so, hearing it. So, so are, is this going to be in every VA hospital in the world or what? <laughs> what's the deal? Eventually. Yeah. Okay. Uh, see the challenge with evidence-based is it has to be the the studies have to be uh, published and it typically takes between five and 10 years. Wow. I just become a VA referral source right now. So, well, Hey, <laughs> that works. Working. Yeah. A lot of people thing. are. Yeah, and now do you train people in this? I do. So we, yes. Um, I'm working on that now, along with everything else I'm <laughs> going on. I'm writing a book, you know, I'm finishing a dissertation I have a lot. Yeah, it's very busy, but uh, yeah, I do. I can set up trainings and coordinate things and yeah, it's a script. So what's really cool about it is that it's no content. It can do more than one traumatic event because 
I don't think anybody has just one trauma. One may stick out, one may bother you, but there's Uh usually stuff underneath it that is built up because from the ages of four to seven, we record all of our negative emotions. And from the age of seven on, we replay them. Oh, interesting. So you want to go before that and get that, get those little nuggets out of there. Oh, got it. Now, do you have to be a therapist to learn this or, or like if some of our listeners are interested in, in helping people that struggle with post-traumatic stress or, or struggle themselves, um, I'm obviously in the description, I'm going to post how people can get a hold of you, but can, can people get trained, can non-licensed people get trained and actually be helpful using this protocol? Absolutely. Well, it's got some NLP in it. It's got some cognitive behavioral and it's got some hypnosis at the end, just kind of seal things off. Because what I found in uh, receiving the training for EMDR is like you said, at 50 minutes, they're like, well, that's all the time we have. And there's no way to seal it in. There's no way to decompress. And then if that person hasn't really worked through that traumatic event, they could like get into an accident on the way home. You know, I've heard about that. Mm -hmm. But I've also heard that people love EMDR, like one size does not fit all. Obviously, you know, this between your music and your sound healing and your drumming. I mean, there's so many ways there's yoga, there's even the calorie shells kind of leave a sense of um, satisfaction or completeness. Mm -hmm. At Mm -hmm. least it does for me. So when you do a reading for me, it makes me feel really good. It gives me hope and purpose because I can see you know, kind of where I've been and where I'm going. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. I love what you do. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, if if you were going to talk to a listener and and give them some advice for how they could find, you know, they're struggling. Like I, I don't have a sense of purpose. You talk about realizing your greatness. I can't, I can't realize that I could possibly even have greatness. What would you have, what you've been through a lot and you have come out way on top. Um, What would you recommend to, to our listeners to help them find their greatness? Well, other than calling you. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. (laughs) I, I think hope and purpose is huge. I think we lose that, especially the military veterans that come back. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I listened to a podcast the other day and it was pretty amazing. He said, you know, when you're over there, all you want to do is come home. And when you're home, all you want to do is go over there. You got it. Wow. So there's like this cycle. And uh, I've had a bunch of conversations with the, he's the senior enlisted airman of the joint chiefs of staff. And he's a pretty good friend of mine. And he said, you, if you don't have hope and purpose, you don't feel like you belong anywhere. And for me, I thought that was pretty powerful to make mm-hmm. sure that they can kind of reach out and say, okay, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. So, okay. Well, what do you want? You know, what is it at the end of the day that you need and kind of get them to understand that there is something, if you, if you take all these symptoms out, the emotional flashbacks, the nightmares, all that, Yes. and you're looking at the person, it's like, what is your hope and purpose? And most people will give you those goals. You know, most people have an idea of what they're looking for. Uh huh. So, so what's the bet just because people might not want to look at the description, let's give it to them right now. How do people get in touch with you if they need help? Okay. So I have a private practice. It's called Semper Modus, S-E-M-P-E-R. M-O-T-I-S. It always means always motivated or always on the move. Nice. Um, 
And it basically is for the person that wants to keep going, even if you're stuck and you can't see, you know, the sun, basically, there's just clouds everywhere and you're really struggling and you can't see what's beyond. It's, it's almost like you, you instill that hope and purpose by having these conversations mm -hmm. and you need to realize that, you know, like you said, the 3am guy, he was, you know, he called me and he's like, I'm back in Afghanistan. And I'm like, okay, what's there? And he's like, what? Everybody's trying to talk me out of it. And I'm like, no, we're going to talk you through this. Wow. I love it. You know? So I think that was the big thing is people can't see beyond the end of their nose. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. they really tunnel vision and mm -hmm. it's not their fault. It just is. Yeah. So Semper Modus, you have a website, right? I do. Is that Semper Modus LLC? Semper Modus LLC dot com. 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 Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, sempermodusllc.com and they can contact you through that uh, e through that um, uh, website to yes. get in touch with you. Yep, there's an Beautiful. email little section and uh, the website's being kind of revamped a little bit because everything is ever evolving. <laughs> Absolutely, no question about that. And then of course, in the description of this podcast, we're going to put uh, Dr. J's uh, information. So if you if you uh, are struggling with uh, trauma from the past uh, in a traumatic situation, uh, and you need help, um, we're going to make sure that's easy to easy to find. Yeah, yeah, what's really cool is my private practice is full of veterans and first responders that uh, because what happens is, is when I talk to somebody and they start talking and they're a little stoic and they're a little reserved and then I say, oh, I serve too. And then they kind of perk up. Okay. You know, we know each other. Uh-huh. Whether yeah. we know each other or not, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. But there's like a, uh, there's like camaraderie. a camaraderie there, you know, but, but you do, you work with us normal uh, civilians. I do. Too, right? Yeah. I work with civilians and what I've learned is I had to start writing a book and it's called change your language, change your life. And the actual, the first page has one sentence on it and says, why am I so mean to me? Wow. Because I work with so many people that have confidence issues and it's like, okay, your mother told you, you were too short when you were four years old. What does that have to do with your, with you or 50? Yeah. You know, yeah. So that, we carry that, that stuff happens. through though, right? Correct. Wow. We absolutely do because it was traumatizing event for them. Yeah. Because I mean, if you think about it, I, an eight-month-old or nine-month-old has no idea what color they are. They have no idea what sex they are. They they've never told been told anything bad, uh -huh. right? They're just existing. And somewhere along the way, we start to take value in what the words other people use toward us. Uh-huh. And that's my question. It's like, why do you value that person if this person is hurtful and making you feel like you're less than? Why would you value their words? They're struggling too. Yeah, yeah. So that's Good what stuff. the book's about. It's going to be called uh, Change Your Language, Change Your Life. I love it. Well, let, let us know when it gets published and we'll be sure and put it out to everybody. In the meantime, if you want to get a hold of Dr. J, the information is in the description of the podcast or you can go to, and you can go to sempermodusllc.com. And Dr. J, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. And uh, 
We'll uh, look forward to you uh, healing more and more people of this uh, terrible malady. And good luck on your study and your book and everything you've got going on. And we will definitely have you back. Thank you. I'm excited. So awesome. That's it for today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you have any questions, contact me, Toby at tobychristensen.com. Mm-hmm.